0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them.
1: Hello, and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting on this rainy day, <laughs> right here at Max Six Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And I'm very fortunate to welcome back to the studio Flora Trumlin. Welcome. Thank you. And you, we have to thank for this larger group today. I'm delighted. Remind me when you, I think it's been over a year we decided in the, uh, I'll call it the green room just because it sounds fancy, but in the lobby, (laughs) we realized it's been a year,
2: about a year. More than a year, I would think. That was uh, for the Swedish American Chamber of Commerce Summit. Yes. That took place in Phoenix in November 21, I think. I think you're right since
1: then, you've been extremely busy. I've been keeping an eye on you on LinkedIn and doing just amazing things for amazing groups of people, not uh, without mentioning the University of Arizona Forge group, which is why we're here today. So we also want to welcome to the studio, Brian Ellerman. He is the founding executive director for Forge. Welcome, Brian.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So thrilled to have you. And we really had a nice conversation via Zoom, I think it was, uh, not too long ago. So we could uh, just talk about What would a conversation like this be on behalf of Phoenix Business Radio X and Forge so that more people know about the great work that you're doing? Flora, you are the representative for Forge, the mentor-in-residence here in the Metro Phoenix area. Is that accurate? I'm one of the mentors. Yes,
2: we are several mentors helping cultivate entrepreneurship for U of A students and local startups, local community partners, and I'm based in Phoenix.
1: Very good. And Rafael Tapia, also with us, the Native Forge Mentor-in-Residence. I'm making it sound like there's only one. Is there more than one?
3: How I describe it is we're the co-joining twin of Forge. And so we have the same resources. And in my case, I'm a dedicated mentor-in-residence to five entrepreneurs from the San Carlos Apache tribe.
1: Which is where? About? That,
3: that is uh, east of uh, Phoenix Metro. Heading out towards Globe until so you pass Globe and you're right in San Carlos Apache Reservation.
1: And four, you're mentoring four? Five. Five, sorry. Fantastic. Yes.
3: So each, uh, each year we're going to select a community. And this first year we were happy to select San Carlos Apache. So I am working with those individuals that are from startup to running services that are impacting their community yeah. access to resources.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. So let's back the train up and let's let our viewers and listeners know about Forge and why the University of Arizona. I'm kind of looking to Brian to to set the pace for us and then we'll fill in the blanks after that.
0: Yeah, it's when, when you put founding in front of it, everybody says, oh, so you're the old guy. You're the one who's been here the whole time. <laughs> right. And I'm an industry person. I, I spent my entire career working in industry. My last 15 years was in pharma uh, leading corporate strategy, doing tech scouting, um, working actually in a lot of ecosystems around the world where incubators, accelerators, VC startups all existed. So it gave me a really great perspective on what works and and what contributes to a healthy ecosystem. And then I, I was actually asked by then mayor of Tucson to put together a roundtable around health tech at the end of it, I had a number of business leaders come up and say, Hey, Brian really, you know, love today. Welcome to Tucson. How, when did you move here? (laughs) And this is 2017. And I said, I've lived here since 1994. So, you know, in all this time, all of my career had been somewhere else and not in my own backyard. So it was really the, the origin of that was thinking about what do we need to do to build both a stronger pipeline for students, how do we connect them to the businesses and the opportunities that are there? How do we prepare them for those opportunities? Because it's not enough to just, you know, throw students and companies in a room and say, okay, now it works. You have to prepare the students for what the business concerns are. But also, if I'm a student and I have an idea to take a startup forward, what's my resource? It's a lot easier outside of the university. It's, it's kind of hard inside of it. You know, there's a very select number of programs. So I decided to hang up my industry hat, come exist in academia, which I n- never thought I would. And Forge was really born in, the, in August of 2019. And it's focused on three things, cultivating entrepreneurial mindset in all students. And we truly mean all students. If it's high school, if it's community college, even if they're not U of A students, if they're ASU students, NAU students, doesn't matter. Because for us, entrepreneur mindset is about critical thinking and problem solving and not necessarily that you're going to be a startup founder. Only about 3% of students go on to start companies out of college. So 97% are going to go do something else, which I think is exactly what this audience is all thinking about is how do I get students coming out that are better prepared for me? The second part, this is something I think a lot of us in Arizona deal with is we have a brain drain. We, we get students to come in and then when they're getting ready to graduate, they look around and say, well, I gotta go somewhere else because there's nothing here for me. And that's just not true. You know, there's, there's so much going on, but we need to be doing the same things that we do for students in developing that entrepreneurial mindset, we need to do in the communities. Then you've got a community that actually thinks the same way as the students. And then the last piece that we have a Forge is called Forge Ahead, and that's an accelerator for really promising startups. And we have about eight companies right now in that. We're hoping to expand that list. We have one based here actually in Phoenix. And a lot of that is they've solved the main problem. Now they're trying to figure out how do I scale that? How do I move on? Maybe I need capital. I need something else. We have a very unique program where... We don't charge anything for it. Instead, we have a pay it forward model. So for every hour of mentoring they get, they have to give Mm -hmm. that hour back to a student, to a community and so on. So that's the Forge model.
1: Wow. And you never thought you'd land at a university and let that be your your full-time gig.
0: No, but you know, I I do have to give a lot of credit too. So my boss is Betsy Cantwell, who's the uh, senior vice president for research and innovation. Betsy, a little plug, it came from ASU to U of A, you know, she really gets that whole notion that we have to change the model of research and innovation. Most people in the community aren't impressed that, you know, the university does 800 something million dollars in research. It's like, and what? Like, what does that mean for me practically? And that's really why there's the word impact in our organization, because it's not just the research and the innovation. It's how do you create an impact? How do you have a meaningful role in job development, company creation, or just helping improve the lives of people. And she really, I think, was the guiding force that that convinced me that, okay, this industry guy might actually find something really helpful and and meaningful in the forge role.
2: May I ask you a question, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being interviewed. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I realize that that's a question I never ask you, I think, but you, you, probably have it very often, how did the the name FORGE come? Mm. How did you get this idea? And what does it stand for, for the ones who don't <laughs> know about it?
0: <laughs> uh, is there anyone left who hasn't heard me? No, um, so FORGE is finding opportunities and resources to grow entrepreneurs. And every word in that is very intentional. Opportunities and resources are very different things, right? One is how do I get the door open? The other is what do I do once I walk in? Mm. And the word entrepreneur, it's not entrepreneurship. Um, That's actually an academic subject. We have students who get majors in it, and it's wonderful. I think, you know, business schools teach that, and that's great. But we're actually about the person, the entrepreneur, the individual. And how do we grow that? How do we grow them? And how do we find those things from our, you know, vantage point? As a university, you sit in a rather privileged position because you have resources, you have connections in ways that most people don't. That was kind of like trying to piece the, the alphabet soup together. The other is I always loved the, the notion of a forge. There's an a, a expression, I think, in, in Japanese sword making about the highest heat makes the strongest steel. And that was always what kind of guided that was how do we create a place where it's not going to work the first time. It might not work the third time, you know, but we can give you a place to keep hammering on it until eventually you get it right and it does work. And that's really what a forge is all about. And and so that was those two pieces lined up perfectly.
1: Sense. <laughs>
0: and the acronym was born.
1: Yeah, love it. Thank you for asking that question, Flora. Of Feel free to jump in and ask questions <laughs> anytime, <laughs> all of you. Before you do that though, I would love to hear from both of you about your background and how it makes you a good fit as a FORGE mentor. So either one of you.
2: Okay, so as everybody probably heard, I'm not from Arizona originally. <laughs> <laughs> to everybody's surprise, I was born and raised in France. Um, I worked for the federal US government there for 17 years. Uh, working on projects, events for the federal government. And that's where I met my my husband, uh, who was in the U.S. Army at the time, and decided to retire and come back to Arizona, where he was west, to to spend uh, his retirement and actually start a a new life, a new professional life. So I moved with him, and when I arrived here, I was like, okay, what, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? And what I knew I wanted to do is to make a difference in a way for the community. I started by creating my company, consulting company, FCT strategies. I love to work with nonprofits um, in particular. And then I met with Brian because Brian actually spent a lot of time in France working on health tech, bio life projects and all that. So we had this in common And he was looking for new mentors. And I'm like, this is a perfect way to support students, uh, support the community. I'm good at connecting people. So when we were talking about FORGE acronym and what it stands for, finding opportunities, I will stand in this uh, spot. And uh, I love doing it. I love being with young people. I used to have many interns in my prior life, and I learned so much from my, my interns, maybe sometimes more than they did for me. I hope not, but <laughs> clearly I did. And I'm learning every day with Forge. So I'm very grateful to be here.
1: And how much of your time is kind of dedicated to Forge mentorship outside of all the other things? A I lot know,
0: more I, than she thought she was uh, yes. ever committing to.
1: <laughs> and I know that's not necessarily the requirements. It's no. more so just the way in which you guys show up, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's,
2: Officially, it's a few hours per week, sure. but you know how it is when you connect with people. Yes. You always connect for one project in particular and you end up talking about yeah, life all the and projects everything. you are doing. <laughs> yes. So you end up always doing more hours yes. and that's great that's that's how life works and um i'm very i feel very fortunate because i have been really uh i feel that i have been welcomed very warmly in in phoenix in arizona as a whole i have many um friends now partners and colleagues and and i'm just happy to be here and grateful well, we're glad you're here <laughs> <laughs> thank you
1: Raphael. your background how did you land here with forge
3: a short greeting in my language. I, it. I am a member of the Pascoyaki tribe and uh, growing up in a small village down in southern Arizona in Tucson, we had uh, uh, an environment where everybody was always trying, looking to do something to improve our quality of life from going to look for bottles to go and turn in and get money. Back then you could actually turn in a Coke bottle and get five cents off of that to joining my family and working in the cotton fields when I was very young. So I always had that idea of from a collective a communal approach that everybody contributes to the well-being of the community. Mm-hmm. And and economics is one of those. So as I you know grew into exploring and expanding other ways, uh, I ended up spending over uh, 20 years in the behavioral health industry. And so there's a business side to uh, treating people that uh, are coming to you for different types of uh, needs. And so I ran treatment centers. Mm -hmm. One of the things I found out in that industry is that there's sometimes the business practice side of things that is missing. So while I was a practitioner and serving people, uh, helping them to meet their needs, I went in and got my degree in business because I thought there was some of those things that were missing. And so that, that really fueled my entrepreneurship skill set and, and passion. While I was running treatment centers, I found out that, um, I, well, we hit a wall because we would help people get clean and sober or get back on their feet. Nobody wanted to hire them. And so I got into workforce development because it was like, okay, our folks need help and they need to have that next step. Otherwise, they're back doing what they were doing. And so then I started doing some business outreach, letting companies know, hey, I have some good people for you. You're always looking for people with soft skills because that's what I would hear. Soft skills are so important. We can teach them the other. I'd say, well, would you be able to take a risk on the folks that we, because yeah. they're, they're uh, showing up every day and, and we can guarantee that they're going to show up for you. So I started getting into the business side of things in that way and um, ended up uh, serving uh, as a tribal uh, chief of staff administrator for my tribe and getting more into an overall economic uh, workforce community development mode. And so uh, that, that, just kept on going. I ended up at the Department of Commerce as the tribal liaison, trying to merge uh, tribal initiatives uh, with statewide, regional, uh, sometimes it was local, and so having an opportunity to work at, at Forge really allows me to use some of the things that I've learned, and I continue to learn, because that's one of the things that's great about Forge. You're working with other folks, and, and other perspectives, you know, something that uh, Brian referred to, and how this came together, and the entrepreneurial mindset, uh, which which really resonated uh, with me in in a way that I, I could relate to that, and how do we how do we build off of that? So, uh, you know, again, that that uh, spirit of 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 looking at how do we innovate, how do we impact uh, economies, especially when we're dealing with some economies in 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 you know some of the communities I've dealt with. Uh, we're talking forty to sixty-five percent unemployment. Uh, so the the need we don't need to make the case for it. The need is there for entrepreneur and you know some of the uh, economic conditions are that you have a cash-based economy. So they're not going to show up on the, the on the employment numbers. Uh, it's that day they go out and and sell uh, whether it's. Uh, you know, jewelry or food or other labor services that day they get paid. So, the, this idea of putting that together with what Forge has to offer was very, very exciting for me. And so, I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, adding. Um, you know, we have the five entrepreneurs uh, that uh, we're working with at San Carlos Apache Tribe. Uh, it's it's all it's a hundred miles and twenty clips east. So. <laughs> There's a lot going on out there. We're very excited about the opportunity to work with another community this this year. So uh, in 2023. In 2023, we're going to add to the the cohort that we have so currently, and they have access to tremendous resources, including uh, uh, flora. I mean, we diversify who we're sure. uh, bringing to the table when when we're working with these entrepreneurs, and it, it's a learning environment. That for sure is one of the biggest assets that I see uh, through this. It's an exchange. It's building one another. It's building the entrepreneur. We're learning from one another. And so it's its its a really, it, it's an environment that really is, that fosters uh, entrepreneurship and, and learning.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I was going to add, you know, Raphael mentioned that we'll be bringing on an additional tribe. So every year we're looking to add others to the cohort. So in March, we'll put out the call to the 22, well, 21 tribes. We don't need to let San Carlos know, Mm -hmm. uh, to apply for the program. And then by summer, we'll, we'll have made the decision and announce it. And that's kind of a, a peer based program in one part because they learn from each other. And then also, as, as Raphael mentioned, we have a team of 10 mentors and residents that all do mentoring of the native American entrepreneurs that are in the program we actually treat them just like they're in a startup. Mm -hmm. Um, So just as our accelerator, you know, those founders get biweekly mentoring from two different mentors. um, So too do our five tribal entrepreneurs. And, And we feel that that's valuable both because it gives them this variety of perspective. We have, you know, a former scientist from 3M. We have a former U.S. Air Force colonel. We've got uh, the former director of the SBDC down in Yuma. So we just get this really great wealth of perspectives. And that's something I'll, I'll throw the plug in right now. You know, if anyone is interested, we're always looking for more mentors to jump in and join the program. You know, it isn't necessarily at the level that Flora and Raphael are because they actually are really directly involved in driving this, but we're always looking for people who want to want to jump in and and help grow businesses and help entrepreneurs and mentors or founders, I Mm -hmm. should say. The other part of it is we have this program called Venturing 101. It's kind of like a, a fundamentals. It, it takes you through the process of number one, what's your risk profile? How, how are you as an entrepreneur about failing? Because people will say one thing and then they'll do another. So this just tries to give them a chance to be honest with themselves about how do you deal with failure and, and you know, how, how, how well will you uh, move that forward? And then from that, what's a problem? What's a solution? What's the market look like? Do you know that the market is going to pay for this thing? Or are you the only person who has the mm-hmm. problem? So you've built a solution with an N of one. And then a lot of the other pieces along the way that Venturing 101 is actually a community-based education. So it means that everybody listening to this today can sign up and, and go through these, these mini courses. It takes maybe 35, 36 hours to complete the entire mm-hmm. thing. It's run online, you know, at, at someone's own pace. And, and that is another piece of Native Forge. So all of these folks who are in this, as Rafael said, they're ranging from, I still have the idea and I'm, I'm working on it, to I've been doing this for a while we don't want to assume what the right solution is. We want to give them a toolkit and let them kind of figure out what pieces they need to use. Mm-hmm. And then the last part and Rafael, you know, I, I joked about Flora and the time that she devotes to this. So does Rafael, you know, he's out there in San Carlos on a regular basis, working one-on-one with the participants which is frankly, one of the other things that scares me is that we keep talking about and taking on more tribes. And I'm right. thinking, how do I clone Raphael <laughs> to get him in five different, you know, places in the state at the same time? So we're always looking for people who have that expertise.
1: So good. What is the greatest joy that each of you have in showing up uh, as a mentor within this, the, the program itself? I mean, it, maybe it's a story that you want to share about somebody you've been working with or insight that you've had yourself. What, what is it for you?
2: I think we get happy when we see we have been able to make a difference. Like when we see that a a mentee or a student has achieved something a little bit thanks to you, just by supporting them sometimes. Sometimes it's just a a word of encouragement and support and just being there and answering their their questions that really make make a difference. I also wanted to add something about what Brian said about the program Venturing 101. It's really a superb program. It's totally free and online accessible to anyone. So an adult, whoever wants to learn about venture, starting your own business, it can be any kind of business. It's a super cool program and to be part of that, like to make a difference for the community also, it, it's big. I think that's really what makes me happy at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, free resources, free opportunities, free educational opportunities are everything. And I, I know that U of A is, is known for that. We're fortunate to have that. How do people find, I mean, other than a conversation like this, how do people find about it? out about that particular program? Is it word of mouth right now?
0: Well, I'll throw two plugs in. Yeah. One is, you're right, it is free with
1: and. <laughs> philanthropy.
0: I mean, we, we are good. largely, fo- you know, supported through grants. Yep. Uh, we have EDA support for the Native Forge program. We also have some very generous donors who've, who've jumped in and helped us with a lot of different things. So Giving Day is today yes. at University of Arizona. Statehood Day coincides. So givingday.arizona.edu, you'll find the Forge and we would always welcome support. That's actually a part, for example, we had uh, tribal participants come to Tucson in November for our conference. It was through the generosity of donors that they were able to come stay in hotels, paid for their meals, covered all of that expense. Uh, Because the federal funding agencies, they're happy to pay for, you know, the curriculum and all those things. They're not as fond of paying for uh, the the participants to to travel to us.
1: Which is really what we need in addition to programming. We need to be able to have the the conduit to get them there.
0: But the broader question or answer is forge.arizona.edu is our website. Um, We have all kinds of resources listed there. All of our programs, Venturing 101 and the link to sign up is there as well for anybody that's interested
1: doing so many things. It's incredible. And how about for Raphael and Brian, for either of you, what is the greatest joy we got to hear from Flora, but for you, what is it for you?
3: Brian hit on a topic, troubleshooting. So sometimes, you know, you're locked in as a business owner trying to rack your brain to, to sort through things. And sometimes it's just helpful to have somebody to bounce something off of. So I had a individual who was, working, re-looking at his plan, and he was struggling because he didn't have some of the capital to get to the next step. So as we sat down, he's like, well, I don't know what else to do. So as we sat down, uh, we identified uh, there there's some free resources for training and development that could also prepare him so that once he raises, he raises the capital to scale up, then he's, he's more equipped uh, and has more skills to offer Through his services, seeing that change from disappointment because I don't have the resources right now and frustration because, okay, what else am I going to do to then now having a plan that lit up that individual and it lit me up because I'm like, wow, we were able to sort through this and identify a pathway that is going to continue, I think, to motivate this individual to move forward. And so, and and I, I really believe those small small things are big in this kind of work. And so, some of the individuals, because they are really at the starting phase, startup phase, uh, those can be deal breakers at that point. And so, that energizes me when I see those moments, and I'm able to be a witness to that.
1: It's a beautiful story and example of how obviously this works. And I was imagining yourself as you're sitting with this particular protege mentee, as he or she is explaining it, you're thinking, I I know the pathway, like, and and, and it just was such a no brainer for you. And then it changed their, I'm sure it changed their life (laughs) because now they've got the lifeboat to be able to get where they need to go. And for you, it was like, of course. (laughs) Yeah, but we don't know what we don't know.
3: Absolutely fantastic and I think that's the other part that I know they're exposed to other you know like the I um, I have other colleagues that are providing that same level that same quality of support and and for some of our um, Native Forge mentors this idea that a resource like this is there they're digesting that still Mm -hmm. because this is not a, a everyday event that happens to entrepreneur and it happened to them
1: and they're are you suggesting they might be questioning like, uh, is this real?
3: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes sometimes when good things come our way, we question the viability of them, right? And so uh, I think that part of it is that entrepreneurial mindset, if we're going to really talk about that piece of it, being prepared for and ready to accept the help and the success that comes with that.
0: And and to be fair, I mean, I think it, tribal uh, people have probably the best track record of having programs that come in that promise one thing and and very much don't, you know, they don't deliver it either. Either they've kind of taken the one size fits all or when the funding runs out, there's nothing else going on. And and so, you know, one of the things that we really tried to structure this program on is um, empowering the participants to build their own self-sufficiency and capabilities so that when the funding is gone, doesn't matter. They'll already have, they'll have everything that they need to be able to continue on. And they've started it from the point of view of looking inward. What What does my community need? What do we have? How do we, we build from there? And, and that's always been a guiding principle of everything that we do at Forge is that we don't want to try to prescribe the path for people because the reality is everyone's journey is unique. We just want to be able to put some resources out there that, that people can tap into and along the way as, as they work their way through. So, you know, you were asking about kind of what, what so- stories I have or, you know, where I've been motivated and we have now a Forge Ahead Fellow. So this is a student. He's a freshman. So first year at the university, he, we had a competition called uh, Venture Valley. This was a, an online game, basically esports. And the contest was you had 15 minutes. You get a choice of three businesses. You can work on all of them or one of them, what your choice. They each have a product. And then you set the price. You kind of look at the market. You, you have 15 minutes to try to make as much money as possible. And we had gone started out the day. This went for an entire day. And most of the people, the best scores were, say, eight or nine million. And Oliver came in. And after he was done, I think he made $63 million. And everybody just kind of, like, yeah. what, what did he do? By the end of the day, I think his high score was $93 million. Wow. He sat down and he looked at what is the behavior? What are the rules of the game? And how do I operate within those rules? Mm. And I'm not going to bore you with the specifics, but the, the point is, he saw the system. He saw kind of the, how that worked, as opposed to, di- you know, getting caught up in, oh, is it, you know, this product or this product? He looked at the mechanics. And so he's now one of our student fellows, and I have him on the task of helping startups with the valuation. What do you think you're worth? How do you put yourself in front of investors? And, you know, starting to think a little bit differently about that entire world of pre-seed and seed funding, which has been following the same kind of approaches to you know, either you do a forward projection of revenues, you do things like EBITDA. It's, it gets down into a detail at the same level. It's still complete finger in the air, just kind of hoping that you get it right. And I thought, here's someone who looks so creatively at this problem. I would love to see if he can maybe change the way that we, we've been doing this angel investing and and early stage VC for all this time. And And so things like that just really you know, motivate me and get me up every morning.
1: And I love that you're using using him and letting him become part of the pack so that he can lead the way with uh, thinking like that. That's phenomenal. Great, great examples from all of you. Thank you. Can you speak a little bit to the Student Biomedical Venture Scholarship? I know it's a little bit of a shift in in our conversation, no. but I want to make sure we have time for that.
0: Honestly, it it, it actually is a perfect segue because this from the beginning, I, I've been a, a big supporter of the university the University of Arizona in particular is how do we support the student that has the startup idea i had this notion of well could i intern for my own company if i'm a student and i start a company mm-hmm. how do i work for it and see the problem is you have a large group of students who have to make this choice every summer between go working for something to to pay the bills and to be able to save up for the next semester or go work on a startup, which, as we all know, is extremely speculative, very likely to fail. So we're kind of not giving them a real choice. This actually, in effect, pays them to work on their startup over the summer. So they get a full scholarship, pays all their tuition for the coming year at school to work on that uh, idea. We also put two mentors, two of our mentors and residents who both have expertise in biomedical field to mentor them over the summer. And then at the end of the summer, because they've benefited from all of this time, we hire them as an intern uh, under, a, a, we're calling them a student entrepreneur in residence, because we want them to help pull up the next group. So how do you evaluate the, the you know, most promising student startups? Well, you ask the ones who came before. Right. And in turn, we, we can hopefully create this really nice uh, sort of a flywheel effect on biomedical entrepreneurship. Now. Again, Arizona Giving Day, we were were able to do this because we got a very generous donation from from an alum. We would love to see this expand. Right now it's three students, but we're in the heart of Phoenix area at the Phoenix Biomedical Campus or Bioscience Corps, right? It's surrounded by biotech companies and biomedical. There's no shortage of opportunities that we could be able to plug students into. But like I said, today we have three. I'd love to see that be six or nine or more.
1: And so let's talk about that. I know all of you are incredibly busy. Is there somebody dedicated to outreach specifically for funding and larger enterprise or businesses um, really coming in and champion some of these programs?
0: Uh, it's a team effort, for sure. You know, obviously, I, I kind of play the role of fundraiser in chief and, and I try to go out there. And then we have Erica Mitnick on the team, who's our marketing communications manager, mm-hmm. who also part of her time is in is in development. Because if you think about what, what are donors most likely to respond to, it's the stories that you can tell. For sure. And so that's really where our marketing communications comes in. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. So for those listening, one more time, what is, uh, as, as a business or an enterprise, an executive leader, what is the quickest way for them to learn more about the FORGE program and how they can get involved? Is it the website?
0: We're definitely hosting a series of events at, at PBC, the, the Phoenix Bioscience Corps in downtown Phoenix. Um, and and Flora has really been point on that. Um, obviously, if people are engaged with with tribal business um, and want to get involved more, they can reach out to to Rafael or our Native Forge program. Certainly, forge.arizona.edu is kind of the central base for all information, um, and they can always get in touch with me. My My profile is there as well, and I have a link to schedule time with me anytime.
2: Great. So actually, if the if students are listening right now, I I will be in the hallway of the UA College of Medicine this Thursday morning for an outreach event. I would love to see them and discuss with them and see how we can support them. And I think... About giving, David, something special today is that we have a donor that is matching the donation. to oh, wow. Ten thousand yeah, dollars. I'm a, not mistaken. Yeah,
0: that is right. We have ten thousand dollars in matching funds, so we have a challenge out. Um, every dollar that people donate up to ten thousand, it will be doubled.
2: Wow! So we need your help. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to and achieve that goal <laughs> for that as well. Yes,
1: fantastic. Let's talk about the entrepreneurial mindset because, Brian, when you and I spoke uh, ahead of time when Flora encouraged us to connect to see if this segment would make sense for Phoenix Business Radio, I was having kind of a hard time understanding the entrepreneurial mindset for those who may be going to university to go then be an employee for somebody. Mm -hmm. So... Let's have each of you speak collectively about how important it is to have an entrepreneurial mindset these days specifically. I've got a 15 year old at home. We talked about that in the lobby and all three of us have young kiddos. I think you do too, don't you? Do I recall? Uh, not, not quite as
0: young. Yeah. <laughs> not as they're, young. they're of drinking age. That's no, right. But,
1: it's a whole nother conversation, yes, a whole nother segment. Is. And I know the world is so different for, for our kids today, right? So can, can you speak a little bit about why that entrepreneurial mindset is so important? For, for any young adult.
0: Uh, I'll kick off, you know, the underpinnings and then uh, I'll look to Flor and Raphael as far as their, their perspective. I I have been a hiring manager. I have done thousands of interviews and and I've consulted with CEOs and other hiring managers. What do you look for? What do you want? And, you know, consistently it's critical thinking, it's mm-hmm. problem solving, it, it's also You say employee, and there's a big difference between the person who shows up and waits for someone to tell them what their job is and the person who shows up and feels like they're an owner in the business. And our hope is that entrepreneurial mindset translates into that sense of ownership, even when maybe you aren't actually the owner, but you are thinking about the fact that this is a business. It has constraints. It it doesn't have infinite you know, money to be able to do whatever it wants, or maybe it even exists in a regulatory environment that, that constrains how it operates. All of those are things that we hope that students get the opportunity to be exposed to and in, in what they do. Um, and then in turn, we're out in the communities trying to help build the exact same thing. Often a community doesn't have a good sense of what a university offers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my joke is that when you say University of Arizona to people they they mention the basketball team and a bunch of brick buildings they don't know much else and so how do we break down some of those silos so that if i'm that prospective employer i'm going to preferentially reach for students that come out of this place because i know that they've had that forge experience just as those students have the forge experience that makes them you know better prepared for what comes next
2: mm-hmm. For me, and, and Brian already said it, but it's really the idea of being able to think outside of the box. Like you face a problem. Okay, everybody faces problem at some point all the time. But how do you overcome them? How do you manage to, go, to move forward from them? And sometimes you fail and it's, it's okay to fail as long as you learn from your experience of failing. And I think that's all about that. Being an entrepreneur and having an entrepreneurial mindset, it's having the envy, the will to move forward to find new solutions when there are problems. And we are here to support that and to show them, yes, you can have an innovative thinking. And as Brian pointed out, I constantly meet with hiring people who are desperately looking for employees who can think outside of the, of the box and who are not afraid of taking initiatives. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is about. The great thing about FORGE is that not all students who are going to meet are going to create a venture, but if they can take something out that they can use during their professional life, that's great. That means we we show them that something else exists that they can use and they can grow from it. Mm -hmm. That's really all about that.
3: So I, I think about uh, the when I was that young boy either collecting bottles or going out into the field picking cotton or running a treatment center or now in my role serving the state in a capacity of economic and developing entrepreneurs. I think about that at the end of the day, it's it's the people, the person. And so... To me, it's what, are, what is that individual's gifts that they have? Uh, we can call them strengths, talents, skills. What is that individual's gifts? How do you develop those gifts no matter where you're at, whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, a family member, a community member? And, and how do we uh, not only look at this in the sense of that it's for business and, and, and the transaction of, I'll do this and then I'll get paid. Well, there's other payoffs, right? There's other payoffs that we get when we volunteer. It's not monetary, but there's something that we get from that. But And yet we're using our, our gifts and our talents in those ways. So it's really looking at this in a what I would call a holistic uh, way and and being able to grow ourselves in the environments we're in. That's how I take the entrepreneurship mindset and expand on that wherever we are, whatever we're doing. We're sharing our gifts,
1: mm-hmm. and there's this component around the the ecosystem where it's giving back, building community, in addition to having income. <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking as you were, each of you were chatting that you know what we're really talking about is leadership. However, sometimes I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm taking a, down a different path, but leadership. If we were to if we were to replace the word leadership with the word entrepreneurship or entrepreneur. That doesn't always speak to the economic piece and the community piece. And really, so what you're creating here is this this beautiful ecosystem, as well as a holistic approach to really showing up in a lively way in our lives, no matter where we land and where we go. What else would you add, or or how would you correct well, me?
0: I, I wouldn't correct you, but I, <laughs> so I, I I do a talk on the importance of entrepreneurial mindset, and and you you start with creativity, right? And creativity is is this ability to to think of new ideas, kind of without constraint. It's just, you know, in an open field. Mm-hmm. Innovation is that application of creativity to a problem. So now I. I've come up with something and I'm solving that particular problem. Now, there may or may not be a business to be had from it. And that's really the transition then to entrepreneurship or, or being entrepreneurial is now I'm doing, I'm being innovative in a business setting where there are, there are these other constraints. Mm-hmm. Leadership to me is then maybe the next level, which has a lot to do with experience. And I've been there, I've done that and let me help share some of the wisdom and knowledge that I've learned in helping guide to a better outcome um, than would happen if we just randomly all decided to get together and come up with our own solution and, and try it. And, and so my hope is that as we build these programs out and we're kind of getting people first over a hump of there's a stigma around the word entrepreneur, people tend to think about a startup founder rather than thinking about it as we've tried to today in terms of business problems and how do we solve them creatively and, and with, you know, an understanding of the constraints. Once you get past that, it's amazing the confidence that you, you would have, especially among our, our younger students who they're held back by the fact that they, we've asked students, okay, how many of you consider yourself entrepreneurs? No one raises their hand. How many of you have a side hustle? Everyone raises their hand. Okay, why do you not think that that makes you an entrepreneur if you have a side hustle, right? So you just have to kind of get them across this chasm, this gap in terminology more so than anything else. And now you've actually just created a leadership program because now they feel like, wait, I've done that. I've seen that. I know what to do if I see that again.
1: All right. Where can people find out more about FORGE? We've already planted the seed a couple of times. Uh, and then I would love to hear more about some of the upcoming events and things that folks can get involved in. So the best way to, to stay in touch with FORGE is?
0: Our newsletter. Okay. Um, so if you go to our website, forge.arizona.edu, um, right at the very top big red button, or maybe it's blue, because I think the give button is red now, um, <laughs> but is, is to sign up for the newsletter. And we really try to be agnostic in our newsletter. It goes out to a very broad range from industry and, and, and faculty as well as students and others. And that always contains what are the upcoming events that we have, whether that's you know op- open office hours at, at PBC. We've had some awesome events with our Native Forge participants and their photo is prominently featured in, in a lot of the stuff we do because it's just, it's awesome. You know, it just makes you feel good. Like this, you can see the genuine uh, happiness and, and, and satisfaction in that. We have an events calendar. Obviously, a lot of things that we've got going on are in, in Tucson, but I'm sitting here today because we really want to have more outreach in Phoenix. We want to do more here. And PBC is one part of it. We, we have a campus in Chandler that we're actually going to start having office hours there. We have a campus in Gilbert. We'd like, we're going to start doing office hours there as well. Um, and all of these are initially to reach those students that are there. But as we've said, we try to make that sort of to both. So it's open to anybody that that wants to learn more, um, wants to get engaged in in our program.
1: Fantastic. Anything that you two would add to that or, or any. programs or you know events that are coming up.
2: I just wanted to encourage everybody to to look at the events offered by Forge because really sometimes you have Awesome events. I think my favorite so far was your discussion with Santa Claus in December, who is an entrepreneur. That's awesome. (laughs) The
0: original. And (laughs) And you want to talk about supply chain issues. (laughs) I mean, if anybody knows about supply chain, it's Santa.
2: (laughs) That was an amazing event. And and I think anybody who didn't know Forge at the time and plugged on this event, I mean, you had to learn something from it because you had everything. Will you do that that again
1: each year, do you think?
0: We will. Hopefully we can find Santa. You know, sometimes He's it's really, he, it really, really busy guy. Right. Um, we may have to find That's a surrogate, awesome. but, uh, but you do remind me too. Um, so being Black History Month, we've actually been doing a special focus on BIPOC entrepreneurs. Uh, this Thursday is going to be a Forge Fireside, uh, 9 a.m. Um, online. So it, people can attend from anywhere. And it will be with uh, Cameron Norwood, who is the co-founder of a company called Dash. Uh, Pac-Dash are a resident in our accelerator program. Uh, Cam's going to have some really uh, exciting news to share, Mm. Uh, but we're going to talk too about their experience going from being a Chicago startup, moving to Tucson and kind of splitting time between the two, um, but also being black founders. So they had Pharrell Williams actually ended up being a a supporter of theirs and they've they've had a lot of other success. I don't want to steal any of Cam's thunder, but I think that'll be a great conversation on Thursday for folks.
1: Thursday online and again, what time?
0: At 9 a.m. At
1: 9 a.m. Sign up through the website. Correct. And then will it be available as well? Yes. Later yeah. after that?
0: Yeah. We 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 try to put them all out on YouTube okay. so that people can go and see all of our past firesides.
2: Fantastic. Any more? And then after the 9 a.m.? Everybody comes to the campus in, in Phoenix to meet me starting 10 a.m. on campus for the outreach event from 10 to 12.30.
1: Okay, excellent. Anything to add, Rafael? Well, I'm, you
3: know, constantly traveling to San Carlos. So <laughs> anyone, anyone want a caravan out there to some of Very the good. things we got going out there? Yeah.
1: And where, where do you live?
3: I live in uh here in the Phoenix okay. metro area. I was I'm thinking you here. had to
1: make the haul from Tucson but Oh no, no. <laughs> I
3: you know, leave from from my home in Goodyear. I work here in, in the Valley. So, okay. yeah.
1: And then you're up there three three or four times a week? Is that what I heard?
3: Every other week I'm up there. Okay. Yeah, it's about, it, that's kind of the pattern I've been having. And yes. then we have our virtual sessions on a regular
0: basis. Thank
1: goodness for uh-huh. virtual sessions and the fact we've all embraced right. them.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we have, uh, we've got mentors in Tucson, Yuma and Phoenix. And and so that's, it's essential that yes, we do it this critical. way. Um, Because that's how we can pair them up. So we can have a Yuma and Phoenix mentor on a session or Tucson. Yes.
1: And And don't always have to make that that travel. It's nice when you can. We want to thank you for coming up in person today. That was very kind of you. My pleasure. (laughs) Awesome. So forge.arizona.edu for the website. LinkedIn as well. Forge.
0: Yeah, we are I think we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, yeah, uh, Twitter. Gotta yeah, be these days, all of, right? All the social media.
1: Yes, good. And can we find all three of you professionals on LinkedIn as well individually? Yes. yes you can. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you so much for just letting us know about the Forge program and of equally important how people can get involved and help. And we have lots more to talk about in the future. I know. I, I feel it. Thank you. For Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Work Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening.